When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Hey, all, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovee, we are here. So I guess that means we survived the two-man roster of it's always game day in Buffalo. Really three with Mike Rabier, he's on board as well. Three-man roster here, it's always game day in Buffalo. We didn't get cut, so that's a good thing. No, I think when you have pro bowlers like the three of us are, you don't get rid of them. We were a lock to make the team, right? Me, you, and Mike. Come on, yeah, there was no option. They had, uh, they had no other options, right? They were just like, we got <laughs> to no. keep, keep yeah. these crazies on for sure. Yeah, hey, uh, exactly. it is the day after the Bills cut down and the rest of the league, too, to their final 53-man roster. We're coming at you here on a Wednesday afternoon. So, as always, just like to remind people, by the time you hear this, there may be something we talk about that's actually changed already. But we're doing our best to kind of give you the information as quickly as possible and analyze everything in real time here as we go go forward. So let's do that, Matt. Um, Tuesday was the deadline for the 53-man roster for all the projections we did, for all the talk that we did. Was there anything really that surprised you about someone making the team or not making the team in any capacity? I guess it was a pleasant surprise that Kingsley Jonathan made the team. We talked about him a little bit on the last episode that we did. I thought he had earned a spot. I just didn't know where that spot was going to come from. I am surprised both he and Shaq Lawson made the team. Now, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with Von Miller starting the season on the pup list and what they're going to do. Besides that, not really. I mean, I think Cam Lewis might have been a surprise to some people, but not necessarily myself. Same thing with some of the younger offensive linemen, Alec Anderson and Vandermark. Both of them had strong performances during the summer and warranted getting a spot on the team. So, no, nothing really surprising. I guess we should have probably exactly predicted the Reed Ferguson get cut and then ultimately come back because it feels like they do that every single year. But other than that, no, I think I was a bit surprised, though, that the Von Miller stuff happened, that he's going to start on the pup list. I did feel like he was trending in the right direction. I still think he's trending in the right direction from what Brandon Bean has said and also just from us being out there at practice and watching him and the things that he's able to do. Now he's got to work off to the side. My bet is that he was close. My my guess is that they thought there was a chance that he could come back. And then they were like, okay, well, even best case scenario, he comes back week three. Let's just save the roster spot and just be a little bit overcautious, which I think is the right move. Yeah, let me give you where I'm proud because I think that I was right and also where I thought something was going to happen and something different happened. Um, you know, going back a couple episodes, maybe last episode, whatever it was, I predicted Alec Anderson to make the roster. 
I said, I have Alec Anderson and Ryan, and, um, Ryan Vandemark, and I think they're going to make it over David Questenberry. And that's exactly what happened. I think what we saw, especially on Saturday in the game against the Chicago Bears, was them putting those two particular players in spots to make sure that they're okay with what they see. And for Ryan Vandemark, it was right tackle. He'd been playing mostly left tackle. Played right tackle, looked like he did well. Okay, that's our guy. To me, Vandemark was always going to make this team anyway, especially after Brandon Shell's retirement and Tommy Doyle's injury. Alec Anderson, though, that's the one that, I, I feel good about knowing and saying, hey, I really think this kid has a chance. I mean, the versatility that he offers, Matt, was really kind of undeniable, especially after Saturday. He's played inside. He's played outside. He can really play all five positions, actually. He's Ryan Bates. That's what he is. And now they have uh -huh. a guy that can do this who's younger. What's interesting about it, before we move off of that, what's interesting, I want to get your thoughts on this. Have you really sat down and looked? They have nine offensive linemen. They're going to add, it appears, Jermaine uh, Effetti. But that's this is a, and this actually ties to Effetti because Effetti's coming in as a veteran because Matt, three Youth. of their nine, a third of their mm -hmm. offensive line has not played a single snap in an NFL regular season game yet. Osiris Torrance, Alec Anderson, Ryan Vandermark. Yeah, it was funny. So actually, the three of them were all hanging out with each other after practice on Wednesday. So we went up to try and interview them. No disrespect to Osiris Torrance. We knew Osiris Torrance was going to make yeah. the team. So we were trying to talk to Ryan Vandermark and to Alec Anderson. And I joked, I was like, you guys can do it together if you want. And it was almost like the scene from Step Brothers where they did the interview as a team. Well, they did it with all three of them. So that was one of the questions that I asked. I said, how does it feel to be part of this kind of youth movement that's happening on the offensive line? And they said, it's nice because even though they're the young guys, the older guys aren't that much older than them. Like Mitch Morse is the seasoned grizzled veteran on the team, but it's not like Mitch Morse is that old. Do you know how much old Mitch Morse is, by the way? I think he just turned 30 or he's not quite there yet. You know, what's wild is Mitch Morse is 31 years old. Okay. To okay, me, because I Morse, knew last year he was maybe that maybe last year was 30. And that was what surprised me. Mitch Morse is by number a year older than me. I don't know when his birthday is. Wow. Okay. His birthday. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> I feel like is so much wiser yes. and experienced in his profession than I am at 30 and he's 31. But regardless, so like Mitch Morris is 31. He's not that much older than the guys. Deion Dawkins is still a pretty young guy. He's in his twenties. So the guys who are the leaders of the room, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morris, even Ryan Bates for that matter, they're not that old. So even though there's this youth movement, the line in general is still fairly fairly young. Connor McGovern's young. Spencer Brown's young. Deion Dawkins, as far as football age, is still young. So it's nice to have that kind of familiarity and relationship with the guys who you're learning from because it's not like these guys are like people who've played for 15 years or anything close to that. And I really do. I think for the Bills, they're going to have to start trying to figure out how they build this roster from here on out. They're in a Super Bowl window. And they need to continue to be aggressive in that Super Bowl window. But at a point, they also need to realize that they need guys with potential and cheap contracts that can fill out the roster. And I think this is a smart way of doing that because who knows? Maybe in a couple of years, you need to have an Alec Anderson or a Ryan Vandermark actually as a starter because you just can't afford to have somebody better. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball has been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. 
Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The other area where I was right that on the previous podcast was I gave four names of people I thought could be traded. One of them was. Now, this wasn't rocket science. I think that a lot of people could have predicted this. So Boogie Basham is the odd man out. But where I was wrong was I would never see Boogie Basham and Von Miller not being on the active roster um, at the same time. To me, it would be tied to each other because if you're going to keep Von Miller on pup, then you would think Boogie. However, what you said, Kingsley Jonathan just straight up beat Boogie Basham out, basically. I mean, that's what happened yeah. here, folks. Let's think about it. I mean, the, the room is Rousseau, Floyd, Epinesa, Shaq Lawson. That's the other one. Like, was Shaq in or out? I didn't know. But to me, it you weren't going to have two of these guys not on. It was just basically going to be one of them, maybe one man out, maybe that would have been Shaq Lawson. But either way, it winds up where Boogie Basham's traded. They didn't get much for him. They trade him and a seventh to the Giants for a sixth in return. And those draft picks aren't coming for a couple of years anyway. Kingsley Jonathan. So doing the math, I was talking with PR man Kevin Kearns for the Bills, who also went to Syracuse like me. And I said, Kevin, when's the last time – the Bills had a Syracuse guy on the 53-man roster. We think it was Shamarco Thomas in 2017, which is amazing. Like Kingsley Jonathan wins the job, uh, and he is on the uh, 53-man roster. So this ties into Von Miller. Like you, I thought it was trending that he was going to be active for week one um, and, and beyond. He's not. He's going to be on the pup list. He's on the pup list. So what does that mean? Well, it means not only can he not play for four weeks, he can't practice for four weeks. Mm -hmm. So, Matt, I'm thinking he probably doesn't even play until I guess week six would be the earliest. I don't think you're going to put him out there to practice week five, and then he's going to fly international to London and play in that game. No, I think week six is the date that I would have circled now, knowing that he is on pup. It's a home game. It's Sunday night football. You know, even though it's only a couple extra hours, it's a little bit more time to kind of get into the groove of things. Not that that really matters. I just don't think that they would start him overseas in that first game in London. I think they would just give him the extra week. I, I do think that they will miss him. Like that's the balance here. I think it's important to be patient. And I also think you can re recognize that you are a worse team without Von Miller than you are with him. But you have to know what the end goal is. The end goal is not necessarily to go 4-0 out of the gate, 5-0 out of the gate. The end goal is to try and win a Super Bowl. If you lose a game here or there in the first couple weeks, that's okay as long as you get hot at the right time and you win games at the end of the season. So, I, And I think that's just kind of a theme for the entire season, right? Like, Not to go too big picture here, they were 13-3 and last year. Realistically, they're going to have less wins than 13 wins this year because their schedule – is an absolute gauntlet, but I still think they're going to be a better football team. And I think that if you get hot at the right time, that's ultimately what matters the most. And having Von Miller be part of that getting hot at the right time is I think what could get this team to where they're trying to go. So even if it takes longer than that, even if it takes eight weeks instead of five or six weeks, that's fine. As long as your team has not completely sunk. And if your team has completely sunk, Von Miller should not be the only reason why that has happened. Like if we're talking about Von Miller coming back and this team is under 500 or something, they have much bigger problems that they need to figure out than just getting back Von Miller. It's not like that'll just be a band-aid yeah. on anything. I think Isn't Von Miller this... is a piece. Uh, I was going to say, I think Von Miller is a piece that takes you from elite team to team that could potentially win the Super Bowl, not from okay team to team that can win the Super Bowl. Isn't this precisely why they signed Leonard Floyd? 
to, you know, to, to give them to give them this flexibility, to give them insurance in case they want to do this with Von Miller. And what's really weird to me is, and I guess it shouldn't be weird. I mean, people don't follow the bills like we do, but the headline of, you know, Miller starting on pup. I mean, it was more like I had people reaching out to me like, oh, oh, did he have a setback? Oh, he's starting on physical and everything. What's wrong? I mean, even like locally, I think there was a bit of a reaction of, oh, he's starting on pup. What's wrong? Well, nothing. This was kind of the plan all along. Now, again, you and I both thought he very well could have been activated. This has, it doesn't mean he had a setback. It doesn't mean he's not ready to play. It just means they feel more comfortable giving him extra time because of the depth they have at defensive end to still win football games. And as you correctly just said a minute ago, to have him as the best version and as healthy as he can be in December, January, and hopefully in February. There was nothing else to this other than, oh, okay, he's starting on physically unable to perform. You know what? Would have been nice to have him. But, Matt, this has nothing to do with any sort of setback or some sort of surprise. Yeah, off the top of my head, I think that Giants game we were both talking about is like the 15th of October or something along that line. For comparison, they just did something similar with Tredavious White. Tredavious White got injured on Thanksgiving in New Orleans and came back on Thanksgiving the next year in Detroit. An entire season. We have talked about how it's different for a recovery for a pass rusher than it is for a cornerback. You're going forward. You're controlling where you go as a pass rusher. As a cornerback, it's all reactionary. That made me think, and a lot of people think, that Von Miller could realistically get back a little bit sooner. And I still think he will. But I never thought it was going to be like, significantly sooner. I thought instead of a year, maybe it would be 10 months or something like that. And he's still kind of right in that time frame. So unless he does not come back until November, which I do not think is the case, I think this is kind of what we expected when the injury first happened. Because even a couple days ago, I thought that he might be back week three or week four. Now I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's week six or week seven. And at that point, like, this team should be good enough to win those games with or without him. All right, I want to get to a couple other positions, including wide receiver and linebacker. They're both very important, but let's talk about Boogie Basham and that trade and you know what it says about the Buffalo Bills and Brandon Bean.